Can you get uh, Kelly's water? good to stand with our nation and every year as a church we, we've done that and I think it's an ad- admission that we're part we're not just heavenly people with a heavenly destiny we've got our feet in the ground and we're part of a nation and we're part of this world and something like remembering um, the horror of war and the many people who've given their lives in war is part of that identification. And um, some time ago, um, you may remember David Cameron, uh, when he was trying to get into power, does anyone remember what the slogan was he used? Um, Apart from all together, we're all together in this, which we clearly weren't, but um, anything... Anyone can remember from that era? Anyone old enough to remember that? Um, basically, it was broken Britain needs to be fixed. And the phrase broken Britain was what was used. Does anyone remember broken Britain? No, you don't. Okay, that's fine. I remember it. It was a very powerful phrase, and it opened the door to the caring conservatives and, and what they wanted to do, and then they discovered they had no money to do it and blamed the other party for the lack of money and so had to change their plans and so on. So this is how politics plays out. Now, I'm not saying whose fault it was. I'm not party political in here. This is not a party political broadcast by any party, right? But that phrase, broken Britain, back then, and now you look at Britain, post-COVID, a lot of our systems aren't working well. A lot of things aren't going well, and political parties will point the finger at each other over that and argue to the cows come home and shout over Westminster at each other and all the rest of it. But things are a little bit more broken now than they were then. And actually, as a church, we've experienced some brokenness over the last few years. And there's people who've experienced levels of brokenness they never knew they'd have to face. And there's putting things back together again can be pretty tough. And on a day like today, Remembrance Sunday, where we look at the horror of war and how that breaks things up, actually in this setting, it's good to remember brokenness. And it's good to remember something like that. Even um, a lot of church activities were very triumphalistic. Well, come on, take the next hill. We'll, we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll do the other. I'm not hearing those loud voices at the moment in, 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 in the, the wider sphere. The triumphalism, the over-triumphalism that was presented in churches... I think people have learnt a bit about brokenness now. And although there is the triumph in the cross, and there is a crushing of evil, and there is an eternal future for us, and actually we're earthed into something eternal, with our feet on the ground, we also understand something more of brokenness than we did a few years ago. Well, some of us do. Some of us were experts already. And actually, this morning, I want to bring a passage 
well, several passages in a very short period of time. So um, what I'd say is Israel was taken off into captivity. And often we think, oh, yeah, they were taken off into captivity. But the ten tribes of Israel would just disappeared. There were two tribes left that went into captivity and came back again. And actually, you think there's something massive in that. And, and actually, that brokenness of warfare, when we looked at Habakkuk in our Bible studies, the idea of a massively brutal force coming in um, of the Babylonians who gloried in their own strength. And you think what that looked like on the ground was spared the details of. There's some of Psalms has some of that in it with real anger in it. But coming back from that, God prophesies that his people will go into captivity and they will come back again. He prophesies they'll come back to their land. He prophesies things like that in the Old Testament. And in Isaiah, Isaiah 40, if you've got your Bibles or your um, phones or whatever you use, um, Isaiah 40, and I'm going to read the whole thing. This is what God says. And And in Isaiah, there's a pattern. And the pattern goes, you've done wrong. This is what you've done. This is what's going to happen, but I will restore you. And then it goes, you've done wrong. This is what's going to happen, and I'm going to restore you. And there's a cycle of that through the book of Isaiah that explains about them being taken into captivity. This passage here is one that you, you will know phrases in. You will know statements in because it's one of the big famous passages in Isaiah, and it's one of hope. And this is what God speaks to broken people. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare has ended and her iniquity is pardoned and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. Verse 3. A voice cries, In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill made low, and on even ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry! And I say, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely people are like the grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. Go up on a high mountain, O Zion, herald of the good news, Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good news, lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might. His arm rules, with, uh, rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. 
He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will gather them into his bosom. He gently leads those with young. Who has measured in the hollow of his hand? Who has, water, has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord? Or what man shows him his counsel? Whom does he consult who has made him understand? Who taught him the paths of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop in a bucket and are accounted for as dust on the scales. Behold, he takes him up, the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon could not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are counted by him as less than nothing in emptiness. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A craftsman casts it, a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts its silver chains. He is, who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out the heavens like a curtain, who spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing, who makes rulers of the earth as emptiness." Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. When he blows on them, they wither, and the tempest carries them off. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes on high and see, who created these? Who brings out their host by number, calls them by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he's strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does, not grow, he, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint. We know the end of that. But the passage is full of questions. It's God's quiz time. And he's asking questions of a broken people. It says there, comfort my people, comfort my people. It's written into people in exile to encourage them and to strengthen them. 
This passage is written with great force to bring hope. And it challenges what people's expectations are. You imagine a nation that has been devastated in the way that the, um, the, the nation of Israel was devastated by, by being taken into captivity. All they'd lost, all they'd gone through, all that was dear to them torn away. And in the midst of that, you've got these questions from God. Comfort my people. Comfort and I was uh, talking with a very wise woman, uh, in, and she said to me that art is taking broken pieces and making something out of them, or words to that effect. And I've learned a little bit about art, art from having um, some daughters in the arts, and I'd have to say I've learned that true art has to come from here. Art is not, I can paint a pretty picture. Look, 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 look. I use some colors and I dash it here, there, and everywhere. Yes, we did that at primary school. But actual art comes from in here. And an artist is connected with what they produce. There is a connection between the two. Modern art is art that makes us feel something is art that, that, that makes us feel yuck sometimes because of the broken pieces that go into making it. Very often you find an artist doesn't make it till later in life. Sometimes they've got to gather some broken pieces to make the art out of. That sounds a little bit depressing. But there's an understanding of life with art that connects us to it and draws us to it. And so in the way that God works into brokenness, he's saying to these broken people, have confidence in me. This whole passage says, I'm the Lord. This is what I'm like. You know, it even says he knows the stars, knows them by name. Do you know how many stars there are? Sorry? You say a trillion? Who's, who said too many to count? That, that's a nice estimate. Um, back in the Old Testament, when they looked up at the stars, they reckon the most number of stars they could see with the visible eye would be 5,000. Scientists tell us now, brace yourselves, there are 10 billion trillion stars that God knows by name. Our confidence when we feel broken needs to be placed in his nature, not the stuff around us. Last week I was speaking on how God loves us and how we need to know we're loved. But that connection with him has to be placed in his nature and his character, in who he is and all of that. One of the things that has happened in our nation with our present state of brokenness, if you like, is everything's been shaken. We're finding systems aren't working now the way they did. 
People aren't being seen as quickly by doctors. Things are not, are not working here. Oh, we can blame all, all the practical things, but actually there's a shaking that's gone on, and in that shaking, things are not as stable as we thought they were. And some of us have been broken through that process and are broken through that process. And as a result of that, we're, we're emotionally not the people we once were. We've, something's shifted, something's changed. We're slightly different now. And into that, God wants to speak, comfort my people. He wants to say, I'm the good shepherd. He wants to say, I've got it all together. I know the stars by name. I know when one of them's out of place. But what about your life? And God wants to speak into brokenness. And actually, although we hate brokenness, we hate it. We don't want it. We want to be out of it. There's a sense where we understand the world's brokenness a little bit better than we did. And we haven't just got triumphalistic answers for things. We actually can get in the mud with people and help them up. The three answers that were given. Oh, it's fine. Oh, jolly good. Oh, we now know you're broken. I know a little bit of how that feels. Let me help you. Let me show you Jesus. This is how Jesus helps me. Our confidence has to be more in him than it's ever been. You think, well, and I'm going to hit a couple of other passages. The Pharisees, Jesus told the story about the vineyard and how they were bad tenants, and they didn't like it very much. And he finished with this phrase in Luke 20, verse 17. He looked directly at them and said, this is what was written. The stone that the builders have re has rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone that falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but when it falls on someone, it will crush him. That's a very powerful phrase. <laughs> speaks of the judgment coming at the end where the stone falls and the crushing. But there's a voluntary how we take our broken pieces and put them on Jesus. <laughs> uh, Jesus is the building block for broken pieces. He's the artist that takes our broken pieces and makes them into a beautiful piece of art. It's God who takes our brokenness and transforms it into the most beautiful piece of art there can ever be. It's God who takes broken people as, and is the stone that they can build on and build from. There's something in an understanding of brokenness. I'm not saying we identify with it. We want Jesus to transform it and make it into the art he's going to do. But there's actually something in this of bringing Jesus our broken pieces, of putting our brokenness on him. And some of us thought, oh yeah, that's, that's for non-Christians. But now we're going, actually, I can see. God, I've got all these broken pieces in my life. I don't know how they all fit together. I've tried to put them together and, and the glue doesn't hold them and I can't do anything with them. And we're just going to put those broken pieces on him and let the artist, let the potter, let, let the one who put us together in the first place rebuild. 
and make what's in us and what we've gone through and some of the things, make them into the art piece. You think, well, I don't like this, Nigel. You're, you're, you're glorying in horrible things you shouldn't even mention in church. But actually, there's something in this that God wants to build from. If we're more accessible to people who are broken, we'll be better at helping Jesus and working with Jesus to see their broken pieces build into a glorious church. Because that's what he's doing. He's taking the broken pieces and he's coming back for a perfect bride and he's putting all those broken pieces together into a fantastic art form that's going to be perfect. And what we need to do is not hide from our broken pieces, but bring our broken pieces into the mix and say, make something of that, Jesus. <laughs> you know? And he will. 1 Corinthians. For considering your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to earthly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many of noble birth. But God chose what was foolish in the world to shame the wise. He chose what was weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what was low and despised in the world and the things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are. So no human being may boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you who are in Christ Jesus, who became to us the wisdom of God, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. So let it be written that anyone who boasts, boast in the Lord. God chooses the low things, the despised things in the world, the things that are not, to shame that which is strong. God takes our broken pieces and builds them into something that shames the greatest glory in the world. He takes our bits and pieces that are not, that are nothing, that are despised, that are broke, and he builds them into something special. And for us as a church, this is what I really, we need. There are people who have connected to church through systems and through practicalities, and this is what happens in this season, we've been forced back to look at what God says about church and what it should be. We've got to build around him, and we've each got to connect with him. And some of us, because of our broken pieces, are angry at him. Why should this have happened to me? Everything was going so well. I thought you were all about things going well for me. I think you have your answer, <laughs> right? Sometimes it's that, oh, I'm angry, I'm angry. This shouldn't have happened, that shouldn't have happened. And God says, comfort my people. I'm the good shepherd. I've come for you, and I want to build beauty out of what you've got. 
And sometimes we need to not stubbornly stay in our position, but actually be willing to pass our broken pieces that we don't know how to fix over to him and let him build. And what's tough for some of us is admitting we've got broken pieces because we've been trained really well not to show our weakness. We've been trained sometimes by life, never show anyone your weakness. Stiff up a little, keep them at arm's length. But actually the church is meant to be a body where that brokenness we're used to and helping one another with it. We need to be a place that's accessible to alcoholics. We need to be a place that's accessible to those who've got drug addiction. We need to be a place where we're open to people who've got broken relationships and broken lives and we can mix with them and, and, and see Jesus make beautiful things out of that. We've got to be comfortable out in the world, not hiding in the, in the walls of a building, but out there in the world knowing that if he can work on us, when we, we haven't even got all the answers, he can work on others, and there's no situation too difficult for him. We can walk with that confidence into a broken world and the broken pieces of people's lives don't have to know how to put them together we just need to know how to help them put those broken pieces on him lord i just thank you today that you're not a god that runs away but you're a god that speaks into brokenness you're a god that helps us in our weakness that you transform our weakness into strength that you transform us into something beautiful and Lord we just want to thank you today that you want to do that and help us connect with you better Lord where we've been angry, frustrated, blaming others, blaming you, we just want to say sorry Lord we hate being broken but we know you can make something beautiful out of everything and we just thank you for that Lord